And we are here. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Golden Thread Podcast. I am your host, Marnie. Today, we have a really special guest. I know every day I say that, but it's true. (laughs) We have a really special guest coming in from Costa Rica, our very own Katie, uh, who is there living and working on her dream project. And Katie and I met many years ago through mutual friends. She took me to Peru and we've been very close ever since. So I love you so much. And thanks for being on the podcast today, sister. Yay. It feels really amazing to be connecting like this after a while. And uh, just really grateful to have the opportunity to sit and speak with you and to share my experiences of, um, of recent times and also just the journey that's kind of brought me here to Costa Rica and and what I've been deepening into since I've been here. So thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. And Katie and I are both, well, we're both yoga teachers, but there's, she's got a lot of background um, as a professional chef and nutritionist, as well as an Ayurvedic chef. So this is something that I wanted to bring onto the podcast because there's not too many people I believe that are truly investing all of their mana, like really like all their heart and soul in understanding the body-mind connection through food in particular. And so working with um, all kinds of medicinals, and she's going to be talking about that too. But this episode in particular, as we were kind of discussing prior, is really meant to support those of you out there who are light workers, healers, yoga people, people that are being really present with their energy and need to support the physical body and subtle body with these medicinal um, essences. And we're going to go into that in a little bit, but I'd love for you to share with this community, your story and your journey, how you've gotten to where you've gotten. Okay. Wow. Well, it's uh, it's, it's quite a long one. So I'm going to keep it uh, in little bite-sized chunks. <laughs> um Well, I was born in 1975, many, 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 many moons ago. Um, And I came onto the planet, uh, was lucky enough to be uh, home birthed in London, England. Um, And my mother and father at the time were pretty uh, steeped in the macrobiotic culture that was kind of hitting hitting the, the UK and a few other places. And they were the founding members of the Kushi Institute, which Micho Kushi, who has passed now, um, was one of the instigators in bringing uh, a deep study of macrobiotics and kind of uh, Shinto Buddhism to, to the West. So I grew up in a somewhat unconventional and um, a, a very untypical environment in my home environment. And also it was very kind of juxtaposed as to where I was growing up in London, because in inner city London, you know, we, we had a kaleidoscopic community from many, many different countries and many different um, religions and ethnic backgrounds. So um I guess in a way I was kind of part of that part of that quilt of myriad of cultures. So whilst I was a bit of an anomaly, there were also lots of other people like around me, Jehovah's Witnesses and um, uh, people from Pakistan and Vietnam and Afro-Caribbean families. So it was it was very much um, part of that kind of. exploration when I was younger into like just being another one of the kind of misfits in 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 the in the area so um my mum and dad um with macrobiotics mum and dad definitely uh you know we were we were we were brought up with you know breastfed we were brought up with herbal medicine we didn't have any vaccinations um 
we grew food in the garden in London way before their time in that respect and everything we ate was organic and um, weaving in the Shinto Buddhism uh, into the practice of not only preparing but sourcing and preparing the food but also in the how the food was shared around the the table with the family and how we honored the ancestors and the elements and the farmers and the, and the cook and one another when we sat down to eat so for me that was kind of an integral practice from day one so fast forward now to you know f- nearly 45 years later um and i guess it kind of it it, it I look back and I realized that I was incredibly fortunate to have been schooled in that way and to have had that as something that was normal for me um, to have food as a sacred practice and to eat the eat my medicine. If we had stomach aches, we would take an umeboshi plum. If we had um, a worm infection, mum would give us raw brown rice and pumpkin seeds and certain herbs from the garden. Um, if uh, one of us had an earache, we'd have warm olive oil poured in our ear. So, you know, there were all these kind of like little remedies and little things that, you know, I never really realized it was different from anybody else, but now I realize it was. Um, Thank you. And then in terms of um, how it's kind of weaved into my life now, Costa Rica is actually somewhere that called me in when I was a teenager. It called me in, I came over here and I did a, um, a voluntary program when I was uh, 17 turning 18 and I absolutely fell head over heels in love with Costa Rica and with the I think ultimately with the vibration here that I felt although I wouldn't necessarily have been able to put those words to it then because I didn't really have that kind of you know dialogue with myself to, to kind of break it down but I definitely felt very alive and very vital here and I noticed things like the mushrooms growing in the forest and the amazing bird life and you know, watching thunderstorms and everything was like magical. And so when I returned to London after the three months of of voluntary work, I worked in a cloud forest for three months. When I returned to London, I actually changed my course of study. Up until that point, I'd been following um, uh, more performing arts and, and, and kind of really leading into kind of a more kind of creative artistic base. And I switched up to um, ecological studies. So I did ecological Mm -hmm. sciences at university. When I left university, (laughs) I decided I did not really resonate with being in a city. I definitely didn't resonate with being in London. And so I set about looking for a piece of land where I could actually grow my own food and be a bit more self-sufficient and drink clean water. Um, So that's what I did. I, I, I found a piece of land in the south of Spain. I had a farm there. And during my time there, that's when I kind of really started deepening into like my connection with plants and the soil and growing food and really that tangibility between actually planting a seed and then several months later creating something in the kitchen with it and also the very the very real, real uh, situation we were in when we when we bought the land is we literally went over to spain with a vehicle two dogs a thousand pounds and a pocket full of dreams and so it was <laughs> it was it was it was hand to mouth for a while you know so we really, we really we really lived off the land yeah yeah what an inspiring story yeah so you know so 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 the journey's been long and weaved in but ultimately i mean that i think those are those were the kind of like the foundational connections that kind of enabled me to like hone in on not only what really makes me tick but what i feel is important and what and what works for me so you know the south the south mm-hmm. of spain provided a really amazing growth platform for me both in terms of 
how I connected in with my own healing journey and developing myself as a plant whisperer, I guess, if you want to call it that, you know, um, you know, I live, I live and breathe plants. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty geeky when it comes down to it. Um, and for me that, you know, I see them as friends and allies and family mm-hmm. and, and they make me happy. And if I see a familiar plant in a, in an unusual situation, in an unusual location, it makes me feel at home because mm-hmm. it's like something I can connect to. Um, and after leaving the after leaving leaving Spain, I, I you know I had had many different roles there. In the in the eight years I was there, I had you know developed an organic farm, and I was cooking at yoga retreats, and I was kind of getting very much into the healing arts in in, in you know the practice of yoga and cleansing and meditation. And I was really inspired to either do another study and become a, a herbalist, like do a herbal mm-hmm. medicine study, or to go mm-hmm. deeper into the food sciences. And, and I actually chose to go into nutrition. So I did a degree in nutritional therapy which I completed in 2009 Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess I've kind of been like weaving those things together ever since like weaving my love of of crafting with the soil and weaving my love of crafting with food and weaving my understanding of how to be in an environment in the most um I guess integral way and often that is is really connecting in with what's growing there and what feeds your body in that place because what you know the diet I would eat in for example, in London or in England, in a cold climate is very different from what I, I eat in Costa Rica. Right. So many, many years down the line, mostly working in the nutrition world. I have been a private chef for many years. Um, I pretty much work for uh, private individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also uh, have been a yoga practitioner for 21 years now. I've been teaching mm-hmm. for eight years. And that also for me is, I find there's two ways to really enable people to connect in with if their larger self or the wider essence or the, their, the universal kind of field, if you like, and that's through the body and through nutrition. So for me, yoga and food combined is a really powerful vehicle to enable people to really hone in on their, on their true essence and on their potentiality and on even with people who, who are already in tune with that, like, you know, using, using herbs or using certain practices to actually support what they might be going through in terms of like physical changes or, you know, life stages or emotional, physical, mental challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what I'm dialed into. And that's where I, I that's where the alchemy comes in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You and I love doing that. And I think that I, I do it more on the energetic, you know, and of course I love incorporating flower essences and fern essences and rose essences. Those are what speak to me the most to help the subtle body move into deeper spaces of healing for, for the client or for someone. Um, I can see a tremendous difference in their assimilation of that mm-hmm. is, is supporting them um, with, with the magic of plants and the deva realm. So I'm very curious about what you are doing now. So what I'm doing now, well, I, I had a little bit of a, um, a, a bumpy, a bumpy start to 2008, uh, 2000 and 2019. Mm-hmm. And it really enabled me to get very, very clear on, on what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. And Costa Rica was somewhere that I've always resonated with and I've visited over the years. I have a lot of friends here and what became very, very clear to me, the word that kind of came down during meditations and kind of really mind mapping what I was going to be honing into for the next kind of section of my, my being here in this realm 
what the word was sangha the word was sangha and it was something that i would often crave whilst i have communities in spain in the uk in the states mm-hmm. um and i feel very fortunate to call all of those places home and to be able to travel around the planet and always have family of some description mm-hmm. soul or blood sometimes both and <laughs> and costa rica is what came up because i've got a there's a really amazing community here Mm-hmm. I'm actually based in, in Nosara, which is on the Pacific, um, eastern Pacific coast of Costa Rica, in the, up in the north. It's a peninsula. And I, I did a yoga teacher training here eight years ago. So it's very dear to my heart in terms of the co- mm-hmm. connections I have here with the yoga community and the, and the yoga culture that's around here. So I, it became very clear through a series of events uh, that this was a place I would like to come to, but I needed to kind of like work out whether it was going to be a viable place for me to kind of sustain myself for a long period of time. Cause I've always come in and out for like a few weeks. Right. Or two. right. And then some friends who've been kind of trying to tempt me to stay for longer for every time I visit, they're like, don't go stay for longer. We want you here. You know, they offered me an opportunity to manage they've got a functional fitness and yoga studio space called nalu and they offered me the opportunity to come in and manage that space because they were taking on a new project which kind of was going to take their time and energy away and they also had this really cute little food truck so part (laughs) of me was just like you know i don't really know about running a food truck it kind of feels like playing shop at this stage of the game you know yeah Mm-hmm. When I've run, you know, kitchens with like 18 staff under me and huge <laughs> events, you know, to, to be right. in a food truck kind of feels a little bit sort of, you know, I don't know, sort of playing. Yeah. But anyway, sometimes playing can be fun. You know, sometimes playing shop can actually be fun. And there's definitely a part of me, like I, I really identify with the inner child and I, I have a very childlike nature. I mean, you know me well, so you know yeah. that I'm a little sprite fairy, you know, and I run yes. around and I'm always having, having fun and making fun and, so for me to actually have a little project like that, it, it was kind of tempting. So I was in San Francisco in, in August and I was with a friend and I had a series of dreams. And in those dreams, I, when I woke up in the morning and before and also during my meditations, a series of images was coming, was coming down to me. Mm-hmm. And they were, it was a kind of, they were all related, but I didn't realize until I started drawing them. And they were the, one of them was the molecular, like a molecular symbol. So the molecular symbol for, for various different compounds. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was the DNA chain. And then the other one was the honeycomb from the bee. And of course, they're wow. all exactly the same. <laughs> when you draw them all down it's all it's pretty much all the same form it's a hexagonal form with various you know little different tweaks um going on and so you know this this theme came down and 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 the color the color gold came down and i've I've been fascinated with bees and and the the colony mind and hive mentality and the idea of forming community and the idea of communication and the idea Mm -hmm. that moving forward as a collective consciousness i think the the era of the individual and the every man for himself is really outdated and coming together and sharing and supporting and networking and offering connection i think is really the most intelligent way to move forward as a species Mm-hmm. So for me, so, so, so for me, you know, during that time in August, that's where the concept was born for what I do with the food truck. So what I actually did when I came here, it took me six weeks from scratch, from a shell to opening, is I created La Colmena. And La Colmena mm-hmm. is Spanish for the hive or the beehive. 
Mm -hmm. And um, I opened an adaptogenic elixir and tonic bar based on my own recipes. And I kept it very, very super simple. And it was uh, using some mostly focus on adaptogens. So using Chinese and Ayurvedic adaptogenic herbs, mushrooms and, and compounds. Um, and then I weaved in my chefy magic and created <laughs> drinks and tonics and smoothies and some little edibles as well um, that would not only integrate the medicines into really yummy food and inspire people to take things in in a new form because I really don't like the whole kind of pill popping culture and a lot of nutritionists yeah. nutritionists will recommend a lot of supplements and pills and potions and drops right. and I'm all about bringing it into your food food is medicine medicine is food and don't have a distinction yep. and also about really having conversations with people so for me it was a wonderful uh, portal for opening up the conversation and some people it would just be like I've never heard of an adaptogen before right. or having a conversation if they wanted a coffee as to why I only sell organic shade grown coffee and what that means to me and how I source my honey and you know, the, the conversations could be that or the conversations could go really deep into where I source my medicinal mushrooms and how that connects you into that place. So, mm. you know, su- subtly, subtly, the conversation would be pitched depending on who would come. But it gave the, the opportunity for the community to interface with medicinals that they might not come across otherwise, sure. or they might only come across in pill form. Yeah. So I became a bridge, I guess, between the people and the plants. Mm-hmm. and 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 you know and everything kind of tastes good so you know even like the stuff that tastes weird like shilajit or ashwagandha that's kind of tricky to combine into food you know i i I find i found ways over the years to make them yummy because that's how i like to take them i like to enjoy Mm -hmm. things in an integral way and certain foods are also um really wonderful transporters for certain medicinal compounds they work synergistically so that's something that i've really i've really weaved into everything i do Oh, it's so brilliant. (laughs) So brilliant. I'm so excited that this is, this is what has been culminating for so many years of like all of your genius and putting it in the right place at the right time and the right vehicle and within a community that's supportive and receptive and receiving and just, you know, really being in your, in the best version of self right now. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. And we need more of it. That's for sure. I can't wait. Yeah. And it was definitely a process of flow. And it was definitely from the very beginning, it was very clear, like from, from the invitation and how it felt in my body to come here to the downloads I was getting when I was in San in California and San Francisco, uh, to actually coming here and going through the process of like, you know, waking up at four every morning, doing my practice, getting on my yeah. bike, coming into town, building this place with my bare hands, creating the artwork, you know, going shopping for all the little bits and pieces it was, it was, it was divine grace moving through me. I have absolutely no doubt in that at all, because I was just like, it came together and I almost stood back and was like, how did that happen? Like, how did that come about? You know, six weeks, I was literally up and with a legal corporation, you know, it was a legal corporation when I heard a member of staff and, and it was like, it just, it manifested and it blew my, yeah. it blew my mind. It blew my yeah. mind. So, so I also exciting. feel very blessed that it manifested because I feel like, again, I was just a vehicle for that to be birthed. Right. Uh, what is the name? If are, are you able to be found like on a, on a, on yeah. A- so I do, I do have a little, I do have a little Instagram. So it's, it's la, which, which is, which means it's la colmena, which means the hive. So it's L a underscore 
Colmena, which is C-O-L-M-A-N-A, -A, La Colmena, underscore Nalu, N-A-L-U. And we'll so put all of that, yeah, we'll put all of that in the, um, in the bio information for the podcast so that you guys can find it. But I would love to, to go back a little bit in your conversation of understanding what adaptogens are, because you did mention it and some, and like you are so true, like a lot of people don't know adaptogens, elixirs, medicinal mushrooms, like how would we even start if we were brand new and maybe we'll just start with what is an adaptogen? Yeah. Okay, so adaptogen is it's a bit of an umbrella term, but it, it encompasses a group of herbs, some mineral substances, mushrooms, and uh, roots. So I guess that does come under the, the, the herbal banner uh, that really are predominantly coming from the Chinese medicinal system, some bleeding into Siberia and also the Ayurvedic medicinal system both of which have uh, roots uh, very much intertwined. Mm -hmm. And the, the plants that have been, these plants that have been kind of coined adaptogens have been used for thousands of years in these traditional systems to basically support the body in modulating stress. And that can be physiological stress, that can be environmental stress, that can be emotional stress, that can be energetic stress. So we can just also use the word stress as an umbrella, umbrella term here. Okay. Um, so adaptogenic herbs can be used individually or in combination to enable the body to find a sense of equilibrium. Mm -hmm. um, and these can happen, these can happen, um, imbalances can happen sometimes if you're looking at the Ayurvedic system, you know, with the digestive system getting out of balance, with your doshas getting out of balance, or even if you move from like one location to another, that's mm -hmm. going to have like a little bit of a shock effect on your body. So an adaptogen will enable the body to kind of uh, regain a sense of, of um equilibrium so say for example if you're feeling like super overstimulated like you've been working too hard and um you're really overstimulated and you just find it really difficult to get to sleep at night so you'll take an adaptogen let's say for example something like tulsi or holy basil um you'll have something uh like 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 an adaptogen like tulsi uh, maybe with a little bit of um goji berry in there like you could make a tea or you could have some um nibble on some goji berries and take some uh, tulsi uh essential oil to rub on your wrists that's going to calm the whole system down and the and and the you know the 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 goji berry also offers like really intense vitamin C uh, dose and also in, in nourishing for the kidneys. It's, it nourishes the eyes. So these are all kind of things that are going to induce um, a sense of kind of well-being and relaxation in the body because the body where it's been overstimulated is like, you know, those, some of those organs are going to be working really hard. The kidneys, you know, the eyes are going to be working hard the respiratory system, you know, the Tulsi is really wonderful for kind of calming that down and a sense of peace um likewise if you're feeling really tired and you're kind of feeling super taxed you might want something to kind of you know boost your energy levels up so something like a rhodiola which is a herbaceous plant um or ashwagandha you know both of those in combination are wonderful for kind of enabling you to kind of have a level of stamina that's kind of more even so you can almost liken it to kind of like evening out blood sugar it's going to even out your energy levels and even out your stamina 
And then you've got something like, um, say, for example, a shizandra berry, which is a really wonderful uh, Chinese spice. Um, and that's really wonderful if you are an endurance athlete, you're somebody who naturally does stress your body out just through the nature of the kind of activity that you're engaged in, right. um, or you're a nursing mother, you know, either, either, or the body's going to be pushing that extra yard. You're going to be like pushing yourself beyond your endurance. So the shizandra taken in, um, it nourishes the sheng, the jing and the chi. So it nourish, nourishes the, the three different, uh, or we call it the koshas in, in, in the body in the Ayurvedic mm-hmm. system. So it, it nourishes the three different levels, like the physical level, the spiritual level and the emotional level of the body. Mm-hmm. Also nourishes all the five, or, the five essential or five major organs of the body. All organs are essential, mm-hmm. right? Nourishes yeah. all of those. And it, it, it kind of replenishes your, your, potency after you've you've gone through a period of stress so how i would use say for example shizandra is like if i know i've got a really hectic day ahead of me rather than reaching for caffeine i'll blend goji shizandra and ginger in a tea and i'll have that you know in the morning to get me going and then if i start to feel a little bit of a lag later on in the day if i haven't had time to like have lunch or if it's the afternoon and i've been going all day again i'll have another cup of that tea and it just it's absolute magic so adaptogens have a way of kind of resetting the switch if you like. Okay. That's wonderful. And maybe we'll, we'll be including some recipes for the audience later on yeah, of the ones that we're talking about, which would be yeah. really great because these are such great tools, especially right now when we're all going through so much stress and especially if we're in the role as um, a facilitator or a healer or a yogi uh, those people who are on the front lines really of helping people with their spiritual and emotional processes right now. So important to take care of yourself. And, uh, these are ways that you can be doing it, but a lot of people don't know that they just kind of are still eating the ways that they used to eat. Or, I mean, I think I learned a lot of, I learned a lot with you when we were in Peru together, um, incorporating ashwagandha into my diet, like a lot, especially because of my surgical menopause and not having natural hormones. Like that was, that's something that I've been using every, as much as I can every day. And it does have a funny taste. And that's what I'm drinking right now. It's like, I put it in a little smoothie, you know, with my vegan stuff and my almond milk. And then it's easier for me to kind of drink it down. Um, And you learn how to work with these different kinds of adaptogens uh, over time. But, you know, just incorporating some of them is is a wonderful way to nourish the system, as you said. Anything else you want to add to that? I mean, even just, just, you know, just things that people might kind of already be aware of, like, you know, and things that might not necessarily come to mind when you think of adaptogens is, you know, CBD is a wonderful adaptogen. You know, mm-hmm. using CBD and to a certain degree also some of the other compounds in the marijuana plant are wonderful mm-hmm. adaptogens. Um, I know that a lot of people love their cup of coffee in the morning and there was a lot of resistance to offering coffee at La Colmena because for me, it didn't really, I didn't really look at it as a, a, an immuno or a kind of physical or energetic supportive, um, food Mm. or compound. But at the same time, you know, it's, there's a big North American community here and even a lot of people that work out and do yoga and, you know, everybody likes a cup of coffee. So, you know, and I thought, well, if I'm going to offer coffee, then I'm going to offer the best coffee possible. So, you know, my additions to go into my coffee were um, uh, medicinal mushrooms. So, you know, you mentioned those and there's several different, there's several different, um, there's many different medicinal mushrooms. And I would offer either a single one, which would be reishi, because I think that blends incredibly well with coffee and it's also cardio protective. Um, 
and it helps to support the adrenals. So it kind of has that where coffee has that sort of slight toxic kind of effect on the body and it can stimulate and over um, aggravate the kidneys and the, the, the urethra, the, um, sorry, the urinary tract and, and the adrenals. Reishi mm -hmm. helps to kind of counterbalance that. And it also kind of tones down the acidity of the coffee. Mm -hmm. And then I would also add in often to the coffee, um, a seven med medicinal mushroom compound, which had, um, Reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps, um, shiitake, maitake and turkey tail. Um, mm. And that one was a really wonderful kind of conversation starter. And then yeah. if people got really, really interested, I would encourage them to mix in a 50-50 coffee and chaga compound. So, as you know, I'm a massive proponent of chaga. Yes. Uh, chaga is what is known as like the king of mushrooms, the king of medicinal mushrooms. Yeah. It's actually, uh, it's considered a conch. It's, it's not actually one of these forest floor mushrooms that you would associate, um, you know, with growing on the ground. It yeah. grows from the, the white birch tree and it's a, it's, um, it's a symbiotic mushroom. So it doesn't, live off dead material and it doesn't kill its host mm -hmm. so if you look at it in that way and you're going to take something that like that into your body it's living symbiotically with a tree so it's <laughs> connecting in with the energy of the tree and it's connecting in with the intelligence of the tree and that tree's roots then go down into the earth and collect connect in with the mycelium and you know the mushroom the roots of the of the of the mushrooms are called mycelium or the main main body of the mushroom is called the mycelium connects in with the mycelium in the forest floor which connects in with all the other trees and all the other plants so i view i view chaga mushroom as like a mainframe it's like you're plugging into the intelligence of the boreal forests mm. so, to, so to offer something like mush mushrooms which uh, um you know already adaptogenic compounds and then to mix in something like a chaga with the mix and to have that also part of a conversation to kind of open people's mind up to the aspect of like when you're drinking your coffee in the morning you can be communing with the forest yeah right some random coffee farmer whilst although i sourced very carefully some ran random coffee coffee farmer who still has a monocrop going on mm -hmm. you know and it's still come down through a system you're actually able to turn your morning cu cup of coffee into a sacrament mm. That's, and that's so a really beautiful, beautiful invitation. You know? Yeah, it is. I'll take that cup of coffee from you, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Always making medicinal ways of ingesting so beautiful. She has this effervescent way of doing that. You make it you make it so inviting and approachable. I think a lot of people who never tried medicinal mushrooms or have never even heard of mushroom coffee. Um, this is a great way to explore those areas and do it in a way that is, is really sacred. Yeah. I mean, what I loved about La Colmena is it didn't take long for people to come up and say to me, what do I need? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think I should have? Or, Give me what I had right. yesterday. It was amazing. Or Good. you're the, you're the alchemist. You put the medicinals in there. You know, yeah. be like, how are you feeling today? You know, what's going on for you? And a lot right. of people come and they're, they, they just like, I'm going to have a cup of coffee because I don't know what any of this stuff is. So then right. we open up the conversation. Other people come along and they're like, whatever you give me works. So tell right. me what I need today. And for me, that was like, it was fun. You know, it was fun, yeah. but it was also like incredibly humbling to realize that, you know, a community that is very health conscious Mm -hmm. and is very active and is very awake and aware on the most for the most part are coming to me and trusting me with like making the decisions for like what smoothie they were going to have or what tonic they were going to have or what additions they were right. going to have so there's been like for me that you know that has also been a a path of humble learning and 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 
great. I feel I felt very um, useful. <laughs> it's good yes. to feel useful, you know. All that learning, you know, lifelong learning of putting it into practice, I think is just such a passion and a way of feeling purpose in the Dharma of what you're meant to be doing with yeah. this gorgeous life that you've been given. And, uh, and whether it's big, a big expression of that or a very small expression, it is still the soul's expression of, yeah. of harnessing as much prana and sharing as much love. And I, I wish I was in Costa Rica to come to the truck and have a, have one of your magic brews because yeah. it sounds so, but I do it over here. I definitely, I have my spread of mushrooms in the morning and a lot of that has been inspired by Katie um, of how to, how to incorporate these kinds of things into your life. And so maybe we have some time to talk about mushrooms in particular, because I know it's a very yeah, hot topic yeah, and uh, you know, the rules and the laws are different in many different parts of the world. But right now um, we can talk about at least what's happening for you in Costa Rica and sure, sure. areas you've worked in. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm very much like I'm, the, the whole process being here has been very synergistic with the community and with the environment. And I just really feel into what people want. And what's really interesting is that, you know, the, 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 need, the need is made, makes itself known. And it's almost like, you know, one, from one day to another at Lacol Manor, it's like something would tell me to brew an extra amount of immune tonic or something would encourage me to brew more. Um, I do a beautiful, uh, it's called bluegrass, bluegrass iced tea and it's lemongrass and blue pea flower and wild honey and tulsi. And, and, and on those days people would, people would come and they would, that's what they would order. And I'm just like, you know, it's almost like there was an intuitive knowing, but also I would also feel into like what people needed and, 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 and yeah. make sure that that was available. And what I found is that, you know, the mushroom conversation would happen. And then, and then one day a friend of mine came and um, we had a conversation around um, the psilocybin mushroom. So it's another, another form of um, medicinal mushroom. And like, as you mentioned, in some countries it is, um, it is not, uh, it's not legal to possess and to, to process and to, and to, and to pass around. Um, and, and here I believe that's also the case. So, you know, so, so, so the work I do with that for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sacred service and it's something I do as on an exchange basis, because that's also the agreement I have with the plant intelligence mm -hmm. that I've been called in to work for evidently. <laughs> and it kind of came as a surprise to me because, you know, it came to me and I have a history of interaction with psilocybin and I haven't really interacted with it for many years because I think things come and go when they're supposed to. And the, uh, the appearance of the conversation uh, over a number of days repeatedly with different people, I was like, okay, well, this is obviously a hot topic right now. And, um, you know, obviously Michael Pollan, I think in 2018, he brought his uh, book out on um, how to change your mind, which was all about kind of the use of psychedelics and the, you know, the, the research that had been proved by the, the, you know, the Federal Drug Administration, looking at the effects of, uh, of psychedelics, specifically LSD and, and psilocybin. So I think it's brought the use of these substances specifically more so in the microdose kind of level into a bit more of a general accepted mode of conversation. And I think people that before would have been like, oh my God, that's drugs or that's psychedelics or that's something that people that want to get wasted do or hippies mm -hmm. or searchers or whatever. 
I think it's being looked at in a slightly different light now. And I'm certainly, I've certainly done a lot of research over the last couple of years personally, because it's an area that interests me greatly. Mm-hmm. So this conversation came to, this conversation came to me at La Colmena with a friend and she said, you know, would you be open to crafting some microdose for me? Because I work with cacao. I'm a cacao practitioner. I'm a, uh, I, I hold a ceremonial cacao, a cacao mm-hmm. ceremonies and ceremonial cacao um, offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, uh, we had a conversation about the, the synergistic kind of effects that cacao and, and psilocybin have with one another and cacao and CBD and many of the other herbs and adaptogens okay. I work with work really beautifully with cacao as a delivery system. And so she asked me to craft some, some uh, microdose chocolates for her. And it's something that I have been fascinated with for a while, but I'm not going to go out and start hunting around for mm-hmm. something that's not necessarily legal. So we did it. We did it. We did a little bit of a, um, a trueque, as they call it here, or, or we made an accord that she would bring me the mushrooms and I would supply the crafting and the chocolate. And I also put in some other adaptogens and a couple of essential oils and what felt right to support her with what she was wanting to um, work with in terms of with the microdosing. And that was about four months ago. So it was pre-COVID and that was about four months ago. And it's just mushroomed. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, the, 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 the vibration is around me. And La Colmen is very much like that. It's, it's got a vibratory energy. It attracts things. It attracts conversation. It attracts consciousness. It attracts conscious connection. It attracts like-minded people. It attracts conversation. It's super honeycomb. The honeycomb. The honeycomb. The honeycomb. The the, the, yeah the hive so so um this has become something that i've been facilitating for people people come to me and they bring me the medicine and i craft for them in chocolate and i maybe add in some medicinals and obviously there's often prayer that goes in and you know various elements that i put in there energetically to support their process and i've recently been on a journey to another part of costa rica and I had a series of dreams before I went down there. And I knew that I would probably be connecting in with the medicine in its native environment. <laughs> and I actually came across a really beautiful um, form of psilocybin called the golden teacher. Mm. Um, so when you asked me to come on your uh, golden, golden, thread oh, golden thread podcast, I was like, <laughs> it's so funny, all this golden stuff around yeah and and i've just had the most uh, over the last kind of uh 10 days i've just had the, the deepest and most profound journey with this medicine with these mushrooms and i haven't even ingested any yet and i don't you know it's like <laughs> the vibration's so strong and, and the conversation is so deep and i just feel incredibly humbled and you know in terms of using them psilocybin as a, as a microdose um there's actually been a fair amount of, maybe it's not so well documented yet, but it's becoming more so. I mean, James Faderman, who's a psychologist, a, a, an American psychologist, he's somebody whose work you can tap into if you want to look into um, the research that's actually going on in the scientific community. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is quite a lot of interesting evidence coming out that it supports not only creative process and out-of-the-box thinking and um, recovery from sort of traumatic events, but also supports people when they're feeling depressed, anxious, um, insecure, 
um, unstable. And it's like, hello, what's going on on the planet at the moment? What medicine's showing up for people here? And this is like my microcosm, you know, here in Nosara, it's a microcosm, but it's a very, very powerful vortex. So when I see what's being asked to come into the, into the mix here, you know, and the, the cacao was showing up very very clearly and very powerfully and it still is mm-hmm. but the the mushrooms you know the psilocybin on a, on a microdose level and perhaps even on a deeper level yeah. i'm having conversations with people that i never would have imagined having this conversation with you know right. ever yeah. you know um yeah. and it's 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 truly a medicine that is supporting people through a lot of processing and and a lot of these people are going out and they're holding space for other people they're sound healers and they're yoga teachers and they're life coaches and they're massage therapists and they're uh, sacred sexuality um instructors and you know these are people that are going out and supporting people online and in the community and their families and it's like you know this medicine is helping them to it's it's helping to bolster them you know amongst amongst other things but you know it's it's really interesting to see how it's been called into service and i feel again once again incredibly humbled to be part of that process and it just feels really every time i get feedback or every time i get a request for like i'd like to go again this month and this is where i'm at and i now i've got and now i've got some some wonderful golden teachers so i'm inviting people to come and connect with the medicine themselves and to choose the mushrooms to choose the mushrooms i'm coming there So it just feels very sacred. So when people come, I invite them to take them and, and to place them in a jar and to put them on their, you know, if they don't have an altar space beside their bed or, you know, wherever feels sacred or safe to them and to commune with them for a few days yeah, and to really sit yeah. with that intention and to, and to what the mushrooms want to communicate to them and where they want to communicate. But my deep, my deep process over the last few days has really been like in my own personal journey with them has been that the planet is really calling for us to connect with her on a much deeper level. And that mushrooms are, you know, they're an integral part of every single physical living system, including our own personal biology, you know, Mm -hmm. and that if we really want to tap into how we're going to create a new system on this planet that supports all life that the mushrooms are here as, as, as a support for that. So, you know, that's Absolutely. a great, that's a great ally to have and something that should be considered um, even just on a consciousness level, even if you're not going to integrate with the medicine on a physical level, just have them in your consciousness and be aware that they're showing up to support us. Mm, which I, so it's so fascinating. And absolutely. I say yes, yes, yes to all of that. And I know for myself, it's been, really a deep part of my own healing journey, um, just personally, like in my own healing journey, but then also as a, as a facilitator, it is something that I integrate for others who are going through their own healing journeys is this ability to tap into the essences that mother nature is really showing up right now with. And it's, it's pretty across the board. And I do hear it, like you said, it's opening up conversations with people I never expected to have a conversation about. So there, we will try to put as many resources as we can on the podcast information board so that you guys, if you are interested, as well as organizations, um, maybe some books that we would recommend if you're interested in that in particular. I know for me and my hospice work, um, you know, incorporating 
rose essences, fern medicine, mushroom medicine. Well, the, the medicinal mushrooms, the, the, the psilocybin mushrooms. is actually being used already in a fer as well as ketamine and a couple of other MDMA, but the psilocybin is being used in, um, in end of life tran transition and, and in preparing people for that. And, you know, you know, mushrooms are, they, 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 they transform, you know, they, they're responsible for breaking down stuff that was once living and transforming it into fertile ground for something new to grow. And, you yeah. know, it just makes sense when you look at really what's behind the energy of these plants and these, these amazing mm -hmm. fungi, you know, how they can serve us. But the other thing that I really want to bring in, which I feel is really important to me is that the mushrooms are asked Asking to be respected in um, a process of reciproc reciprocity. So mm. they're asking to be acknowledged and that if you engage with them to please offer something back to the earth. Ah, yes. So this is the request. And so, you know, I think it's really important just to add that in because we're very used to kind of being very homocentric and very kind of like, you know, what do I need and what kind of can I get and where can I get it from and how can I use it and how can it serve me? But it's like, we need to flip that question around and say, how can we best serve? So if we're going to, if we're going to interact with anything, you know, be it spirit, be it plant, be it movement, be it other people, the question is, what can I offer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So I just want to put that out there because it's really important. <laughs> <laughs> it is so important and a definitely a, a part of, of our learning as a, as a collective right now, you know, as, as humanity is we're going through this huge transformation right now. Yeah. It's how can we all step forward and be of service and how can we offer? And, um, so I love that you added that in there because it is a it is part of us. We're asking to be in service a little bit deeper. It's a or network. In, it's a network. Reverence. Yeah, yeah. And reverence a little bit deeper, deeper also. So, um, what is your favorite recipe to make with medicinal mushrooms? And I heard you twinkle it in a little bit. And for those of you that might not know what cacao is, um, can you explain what cacao is? Yes. I mean, obviously cacao is the, it's, it's the, the basis of the, of the chocolate. Um, so, um, the, the chocolate as we know it is, is the bean of a, of a, of a chocolate plant, the cacao plant, which has been processed and set from the fats and the solids are separated and then they're reintroduced to one another and other things are mixed in. So what, what, you know, chocolate that we have is it's a processed food really. It's, you know, it's been kind of like denatured and then kind of reassembled. So, you know, it's not good or bad. It's just cacao is different because it comes in its kind of un, untempered form. So the mm -hmm. cacao I'm using here, comes from a wonderful um, company called C C Cacao Magic. It's actually a couple who grow their cacao biodynamically here in Costa Rica. It's phenomenal. Uh, I've been very fortunate to work with a, a couple of different um, sources of cacao here but this one is like it's just off the charts and it's the raw bean that has been passed through a mill to crush it down and you know the the skins from the outside which are similar to an almond skin are removed mm -hmm. um the before the bean is processed it's it's fermented in its in its mucilage in the in the um in the sort of fruity flesh that comes around inside the cacao pod it's fermented in that which removes the bitter alkaloids from the cacao seed and then that seed is then normally uh is fermented for about seven to ten days and then it's normally dried in the sun the peel is removed it's then uh, ground up normally through a, a hand mill or a processing mill and then it's and this particular cacao I've got is conch. So it's, it's worked with a, a stone mill. So it goes round and round and round and round and round this stone mill to becomes this silken liquid, delicious brown 
beautiful stuff. <laughs> so, so the cacao, the cacao I'm working with here, it just it sings, it sings in harmony with the medicinal mushrooms. So I often mix it with cordyceps mushrooms or reishi mushrooms. Um, a, a typical um, recipe or something that is like a standard in this household, and something that I also distribute to the community on a, a request basis, is a drinking cacao. It's a ceremonial grade drinking cacao. So I use the uh, it comes in kind of bars so it's a raw cacao that I chop up and then I melt that down in a little bit of spring water and then I add in um, some medicinal mushrooms of choice whatever is calling for that day or a dash of chaga chaga tea sometimes that will go in there instead of the water I'll do a base of chaga tea mm -hmm. and then um, I normally use a little bit of raw honey to sweeten it but not too much and a little maybe a little dash of coconut milk or almond milk to kind of add that sort of softness there because it's quite a kind of quite a almost like a coffee like um, yeah. uh, strength there and then you can put things in I often put in cinnamon cayenne pepper maybe some ginger it just yeah. depends really what's calling it's very much like what calls what's called if it's a wetter day I'll put more warming spices in there if it's not such a wet day maybe there's like a little bit of cinnamon in there and some orange zest sure. but so, so that would be something that I would say that's a really wonderful way to start experimenting with medicinal mushrooms, especially if you're not a coffee drinker, or even if you are a coffee drinker, yeah. it's a great way to take a stimulant in that doesn't necessarily have the adverse effects that coffee might have on your system. Mm. So cacao as a morning drink is phenomenal. It sets you up for the day. It's a complete food. It's a heart opener. It supports the central nervous system. It supports um, the cardiovascular system. It's a vasodilator. It enables the body to take up 40% more oxygen into the red blood cells. Mm. So it's a yes, 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 yes on every level. And yeah. it just feels like a hug. When you drink the cacao, oh. especially with the medicinal yeah. mushrooms in it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a hug. It's, it's so comfortting and so fortifying. Um, I'll be happy to share my signature recipe and spread, oh, what, a gift. <laughs> oh, what a gift that is. Thank you so much. I, I really, if you're so, if you're fortunate to be able to maybe try to, you know, find what you can wherever you are in the world, you know, based off of her recipe and, 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 and have a have a day with it, you know, and try to try it for yourself and see how you feel. That's really what it's all about, right? Is you're going to feel so good and yeah. um, more open and receptive. I love doing cacao ceremonies with sound, um, and we've done some of those together. And and just cacao ceremony. I just love cacao so much. It's such a beautiful, beautiful beautiful plant and beautiful offering and, and opens up the heart space in such deep ways. So yes, yeah. I think that would be fabulous. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. And I know you love working with Rose and that, you know, that's another, yeah. um, I mean, I don't have a good source of Rose here, but that's an amazing combination oh with cacao. The same, with C, the same with CBD. You know, all, you know yeah. these things work very synergistically together. And it's not about like having everything at once. You know, sometimes you can just have cacao on its own and that's enough. But it's, right, about, right. it's about getting from, and sometimes I will just, I can call it a dieta. Sometimes I will just do one herb consistently for like three or four weeks to tune into that herb. And then the next time my body or my spirit or my energy or my community or whatever needs that herb, that herb presents itself. Or my, my, you know, my mind is like, do, 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 do. I need lemongrass or I need Tulsi yeah. or I need, you know, whatever right. it is, it's, it's, it, becomes, it becomes an integral knowing. It becomes an instinct. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a wonderful place to be with your medicine. 
Right. And I think that, thank you for sharing that because I, um, I know some people who may be really new to all this and have never done anything like this before. Katie's suggestion of maybe starting with one and seeing how you are with it. Building a relationship. You build build a relationship. relationship. Building a relationship. And then that intuitive sense starts to awaken. And then your body's going to tell you, like she said, maybe you should have a lemongrass tea, or maybe it's time to have, you know, some turmeric or add some cayenne pepper. I mean, a lot of, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I make these like wellness shots and it was all inspired by Katie, by the way. I'm just like, (laughs) you're making me laugh. That's so funny. (laughs) It's just like waking up in the morning, you know, I'll do my, I'll do my yoga and, and do my meditation, but like that wellness component, honestly wasn't integrating in there it was kind of like well what else do i need to do and it was like no like spend another 15 minutes listening to what your body needs and i know because i have a lot of kappa like the digestive fire needs to get going so it was a really interesting it's like let's do a ginger wellness shot every morning so it was like ginger and pineapple and and some kawaii honey and cayenne pepper and some lemon and uh, what else I put in there? Maybe a little bit of orange um, and Olena and the turmeric and makes that. And that's like my morning wellness shot. And, um, you know, I've learned to just have such a beautiful relationship with that whole process of like listening to what my body might need and then, and then enjoying it. And then just really seeing like, wow, I feel so vibrant, feel so great. And I didn't choose something else, you know, as another kind of um, like upper or whatever in order to get my system kind of going. So like I have changed completely. It's like wake up, cold shower, wellness shot, kundalini pranayama, you know, all within like my first hour. And then I'm like, and now my day's ready and it's set, you know, and then I might, yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to say if you work, if you work like in the fields that we do, if you work in, in, in supporting kind of, you know, your community or in service or, you know, you're a teacher or or whatever, maybe you've just got a family member that needs your energy. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that that self-care is number one. Because if you can't look after and love and fortify and nourish and support yourself, how can you show up in a whole and integral way for anybody else? Mm -hmm. So it's like once these practices come in, they become like non-negotiables. Like for me, I scrape my tongue. I wake up in the morning, I scrape my tongue. Oh, yes, I do that. I learned that. (laughs) The next thing I do is I have like as much like warm lemon water as I can get in my system. Then I do my yoga practice. Then I do my practice. If I don't have time to do yoga, 15 minutes of pranayama is non-negotiable. Yeah. The other two things are non-negotiable. And even if I skip breakfast, I'm good because I've had my lemon water. So my system's already like cranking, you know? Yeah. But I just think that, you know, I think especially in these times, we need to really, really focus on supporting our bodies because we're setting an example from who we are and from where we're coming up from in how we want to create forward and what we want to share out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are the universe, you know, our body is the planet, you know, mm-hmm. so let's treat ourselves the way that we want to see other people treating themselves and the way we want to see other people treating their planet with care, with love, with nourishment, with consideration. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. That's it. 
That's it, folks. <laughs> I feel like there's nothing more to say other than just like really start paying attention to your body and how you treat it and what you put in your body, whether it's the food or the emotions or the thought patterns or the people that you're around. Like it's time to to take a pause and um, and do it in a mindful way. Just really, really being mindful about it. So I thank you so much, sister, from the bottom of my heart and soul. It's so nice to see you. And I was, I was gushing to Katie that I really just started this podcast so I could be with my friends. <laughs> Purely selfish motives, of course. Purely <laughs> selfish. And, you know, no information have, being shared whatsoever. <laughs> love. And I have amazing friends doing fantastic things on the planet. So why not have them share their stories and teach teach what they know and, and share what they're doing so that we can bridge this community, you know, like you said, like the honeycomb, yeah. bridge the community in new ways um, through these mediums of this yeah. internet and things like that. Cause that's what we're needed as we're all being locked in place right now. It's like, we can still communicate. There's still a level of, um, of resonance that's there that we can, that can bridge all of us together and Absolutely. keep the energy going. And so thank you once again. And I can't wait for you to come to Hawaii and for us to make adaptogens and all kinds of yummy things together. And we always do wonderful offerings. So please follow, please follow Katie on Instagram. I'll put that in the, in the post, as I mentioned, um, all of her Instagram handles, as well as uh, access to the, the spot that she's in right now. Um, La Comana, La Comana, La Colmena, the beehive, <laughs> the beehive. It's so <laughs> we always would call her the bumblebee. Um, <laughs> you knew back the then. You knew <laughs> totally, and here it is, which mm -hmm. is really great. I love the concept, and and uh, if you're if you're like, well, this is all we need to just get it started. Like, let's do one in Hawaii. I think it would be awesome, and you can come and share your gifts here. So. Thank you, sister. Love you, Marnie. Thank you so much. And um, much peace, bright blessings, and good health to everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, please stay tuned for more episodes on the Golden Thread podcast. Ahui ho and aloha.